0: TheChairShot.com Always use your head Warning The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions Unconventional views And contrarian stances Listen if you dare Hey yo As we were brought in by the fire tones of the Tongas, with whom we give all deference to, we're back, y'all. Welcome to another episode of The Outsiders Edge. It's your boy Rance, aka Ray Cash, along with my co-host, the, the Sage of the Square Circle. It's been a while since we caused you that, but I'm back with my boy Kyle. How you doing, man? I
1: mean, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. It's they—they uh, they thought we was gone for a while. They thought we was gonna be, you know. Inconsistent with the shows, but no, we back, y'all. We That's back. Next back. Week.
0: That's next week.
1: Yeah, next week when there won't be shit <laughs> to talk about because you know, we still living in the end times. We might I
0: mean, you know, we, we there's a pay-per-view this weekend, so we might have some stuff for you next week. We're gonna get back to uh regular recordings once the world starts getting back to a regular life. But uh yeah, we got two for you in a row this week. And we had a good one for you. This is actually a overflow of last week's episode. Because we had two major topics that we didn't have time for because we went almost two hours. But since then, even more fuck shit has happened. And uh, stuff going on. It's the world, right? So you know we normally name the shows. And normally, we'll, we'll either name the show after we finish or we'll come up with a name at the very beginning because it's the theme of the show. This theme today is the Come On Bruh episode. Because every one of these stories will make you say,
1: Come on, bruh. I Yeah, a lot of people like if if we could really sum this show up with an emoji, it would be a face palm. Yeah. Like a lot of people just making some decisions that make you just like smack your face. Yeah, pretty much. Um, before we really
0: get to the crux and to the fun part though, we gotta do we have to kind of run through um the actual wrestling portion of the show. Money in the Bank was this weekend. Um, uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, the man is now the mom. Becky Lynch is pregnant. And and has relinquished the Raw Women's Championship. To Asuka who won it in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Again we'll talk about that here in a second. And of course AEW had. Uh, Dynamite had the lead in to. Uh, Double or nothing this weekend. And. A um, NXT had a major show, which is leading into their next pay per view takeover
1: in your house on June seventh. So it was a
0: big week.
1: Um, I love the return of In Your House as a name. I love return of In Your House as a name.
0: Makes sense, right? It's a uh, wonderful time to use that moniker. Yes. So, uh, uh, so uh, well, let's let's kind of get through the wrestling portion of our week before we let's start with Money in the Bank. Um, I'll read off the results real quick for those of you who uh, maybe didn't watch it or don't remember. But, uh, or
1: your Carl. Well, no, that's not true. He's not listening to this show.
0: But, because, but it's the truth because Carl sure as hell didn't watch. Um, Jeff Hardy beat Cesaro on the kickoff show. The New Day defended their tag team championships against Miz and Morrison, the Mocky
1: Wait a minute. I just thought of something. Hell might be freezing over. He ain't listening to this show, but he did watch because he knew Jeff Hardy and Cesaro were on the pre-show. And he got pissy because he hates Jeff Hardy because he's a bitch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He likes Money in the Bank, but he did watch this He's actually starting to get into it because the, the best thing for him and the worst thing for him in the same breath, his daughter's becoming a fan.
1: Well, see, that's great. Now, maybe if we could get his bitch ass to come on the show. That, shit, that shit's not happening. I know. I
0: know.
1: <laughs> One day, a man can dream.
0: Um, anyway. New, new Day def- the defended their tag titles against Miz and Morrison, the Forgotten Sons, and the Lucha House Party. They've earned their name back. Um, MVP was supposed to wrestle our truth but it looks like his new business associate, Bobby Lashley, took his place and destroyed R-Truth. Whooped um, that ass. Bailey defended against Tamina in um, Brian Alvarez's favorite match of the night. Um, Braun Strowman defeated Bray Wyatt. Drew McIntyre defeated Seth Rollins in a banger. This is the portion of the show where, where Kyle will continue to be quiet because he doesn't like either guy.
1: I um, also may or may not have used that match to refill my beverage. And uh, take a restroom break before the ladder matches. That's okay, cause the match was twenty minutes, so you, you could have come back, came back and watched it.
0: Um, speaking of the ladder matches, the unlike I don't anything
1: like Seth's new music. It fits his gimmick. It fits his gimmick. I don't like it, but it fits his gimmick.
0: I love the, all in the all I care about is if it it's gimmick, because you know I, I I'm so used yeah, to. It is-
1: Character appropriate. And like, yeah. I will not, I, I won't just universally shit on it and say it's terrible because it is character appropriate. Yeah. I don't care for it.
0: Well, ever since CFOs had to leave, it, the music has been lacking.
1: But you know what? But you know what? Like, it's not just that CFOs left, it's that there was nothing to replace them because CFOs replaced Jim Johnston. Yeah. Who had been like the musical messiah. Yeah. And fun, created fun so intended. many icon- iconic theme yeah. songs over the years. Um, but, like, when they cut the ties with CFOs, they didn't have any kind of creative director in well, mind they, to face that.
0: They weren't expecting to cut the ties with CFOs. CFOs actually had a contract signed with somebody before WWE, and they got pulled out of nowhere to honor the rest of that contract. So, it wasn't like there was any planned in place to move or or WWE cut ties with them. They just couldn't work for them anymore out of nowhere. So, um, hopefully they get that squared away because I can't take him any buddy Murphy music. Can't take too many more of those.
1: Um, Bring back the old shit. Bring back my Dubstep. Dubstep, baby? I don't even like Dubstep, but Murphy can have that shit back because it was a bang. Um, I'm
0: saying, for us to call for Dubstep, you must know that it must work. Um, the money, the money in the bank ladder matches are like, unlike any match you'll ever see in your life.
1: So much fun! WWE yeah. is perfect for cinematic wrestling it's like, they're knocking out the park too. They've got the production values for it. Is the thing like but they got the production team for it? Well, <laughs> that's what I'm saying yeah. because they're a billion dollar entertainment industry. Like when the Hardys did the final deletion, it was cool and innovative and interesting. It was also low-budget as shit. And that added to the allure and the mystique of it at the time.
0: Like, like a B-movie.
1: Yeah, like it really was like a B-movie. But WWE is like the indie film to the Hardy Compounds B-movie. Where, like, there are higher production values and a team involved and somebody who edited things.
0: You say indie film, let me, let me flip it for you in a different way. And... Truth be told, if you're not black, you might not catch this. Sorry. But the final deletion was Meteor Man. And the cinematic universe in WWE is Black Panther. <laughs> I cannot
1: believe you made a Meteor Man reference. Stop to Robert Townsend.
0: Uh, again, if you're not black or the hood, you probably don't know that.
1: I believe um,
0: but Can the, all the right. winner of your Money to Make Ladder matches were Oscar, as for mentioned, and Otis. So, I uh, still can't. I
1: st- like, I'm still like, Otis won the Money in the... Like, well, give me your thoughts on the show. Uh, and, uh, I know oh, the Otis show was fun. About, but but give, the show give me your was thoughts. fun. Yeah, the show was fun. Um, first of all, I will never get tired of Morrison interacting with the Luchas because... It's like, what he
0: was paid to do.
1: Yeah, like the, and they just have such great chemistry cuz he's been doing it for the last few years so like I'll never get tired of watching that. Um I'll never get tired of the new day. So like that was fine. Um I really enjoyed Ray Wyatt versus Braun Strowman. I really really enjoyed that. Um and the way that they handled that match and how it ended and all of it was very fun. It was very fun, very intriguing. And I loved the latter matches, right up to you know Baron Corbin committing double homicide. Like I'm here for it. <laughs> so um, shout
0: out to the WWE on BT Sport Twitter handle because they put out uh, one of those um, one of those um, police flyers with his face with his with his profile on it saying, "Have you seen this man?"
1: <laughs> so wonderful. Yeah, oh. uh, those, the, that was great. But, like, when Otis was added to the match, I, like I'm sure a lot of the listeners and most of the fans, I would assume, thought, oh, this is fun and he's funny and, like, great, he's in the match, haha, ha whatever. But I never, ever, ever thought he would win. I thought two women would walk away with the briefcases before Otis. Real. Nia had a better chance of winning than Otis That's, did. <laughs> I'm saying, like, I legit would have seen, could have seen Asuka and Shayna Baszler both walking out of WWE headquarters with briefcases in their hands before I could have seen Otis.
0: Well, okay, so speak to the controversy. There's a lot of controversy about Otis winning. I think most of us realize that he has some it factor and some star power, but he's a comedy wrestler. And he has a briefcase, which almost guarantees him a championship ring. How do you feel about that particular wrestler at this juncture in the game getting this, getting the briefcase and this potential um, storyline?
1: The bigger problem for me isn't even that he is a comedy wrestler, because, you know, I fuck with comedy wrestlers. I love Joey GD. Ryan. Yes. I love Joey Ryan. So, like, I fuck with comedy wrestlers. Like, I'm here for the dick flip. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's not so much that he is a comedy wrestler as much as there is no way as currently packaged, there is no way to redo his look or anything in such a way that I could take him even a little bit seriously. And Absolutely. that's the bigger issue. It's not so much that he is a comedy wrestler because like, I'll use Joey Ryan as my example. Joey Ryan's a comedy wrestler. Colt Cabana's is a comedy wrestler. But the thing is, if the situation calls for them to be serious enough that I can, like, believe in them, they can turn it in such a way where I'm just like, all right, they're fired up. Like, this dick flip is going to be intense. It ain't no bullshit. He's real bad.
0: <laughs> or Joey Ryan is actually adept enough in actual wrestling to just not use
1: it. Well, I mean, he is. Joey Ryan runs a wrestling school. He's amazing. Um I'm just saying, in general, like, they are the type of comedy wrestler where it's like, yeah, I mostly do funny stuff. Orange Cassidy is another example. Like, Sloth style is comedy wrestling, but he shows when he turns it on, like, Cassidy knows how to fucking wrestle. Orange
0: Orange Cassidy versus Pac may be the most surprising match in AEW history.
1: Exactly. Because nobody expects it from Orange because his character is... Aha uh-huh, ha uh, sloth style. I don't try. So all yeah. of a sudden, like actually moving and actually doing offense and actually giving a shit, and you're yeah. just like, holy fuck, dude can go. There's no way to repackage Otis as currently as he's currently done in a way that I would just be like, oh, Otis is serious right now. Like some shit's going down. You
0: know what his what his one saving grace is, in my opinion. Hmm. Um, And I know we can go We can talk the multitude of storylines that are possible Tucker turning on him You throughout the storyline of uh, possibly Mandy turning on him um, There's a possibility of him Saying screw the, t- 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 screw the WWE title We'll go for the tag titles There's a multitude of storylines But in terms of what your point is about the character Mick Foley And I know this is he, Mick Foley is kind of like the ceiling for a lot of guys Mick Foley was a dumpy beat up old guy in a tie, a crazy looking mask and a sock and was one of the top guys in the company and won championships and went toe -to to toe with every single competitor in the business. I understand for 10 to 15 years before that he made his name known and was dangerous enough in all his iterations before that to be able to get to that point of his career. But he had if I'm not mistaken, two title reigns as that version of Mankind. So is it possible for him to be that mix of comedy and serious?
1: I think the thing with Mankind, because of the prior iterations of Foley, and even as Mankind, fearlessness was the thing that defined him. So, yes. like, yeah, he wore the oversized... And originally, Mankind didn't wear the shirt and tie and oh. do Mr. Sacco. He did the Mandible Claw, but, yeah. like, originally, he was very Mr. Serious in tights. And, like, mental. Mankind was the mentally disturbed persona he, of Foley. He, start, what?
0: he started wearing... For the record, he started wearing that because, remember, Vince pretended to, to bring him yeah. in and called him his son made him his guy, and he just never stopped wearing the stuff.
1: Yes. No, so like that, but um, the whole point I was trying to make though is Mankind was known for being fearless. So no matter how much you beat him up or no matter what happened in the match, you could never count him out because like, this is the dude that Undertaker threw off of the fucking cell and still finished the match and took the thumbtack bump and took the thumbtack bump like, went through the cage. Yeah. All of these, ma- like, did all of these massive fucking bumps in that one match, and from then on, it was just like, well, shit, you can never count Mick out. Mick you can come <laughs> back at any moment. So, like, <laughs> I I think you c- there's a way to do it with comedy, but you've got to find what is the other part of the comedy. What is his other thing? Is his other thing that he's, like crazy aggressive at a certain point is his other thing that he is fearless is his other thing you know what I'm saying like we have to find what his, what is the part of the his, Yeah, yeah.
0: The, what is the, the, flip, the flip that switch.
1: switches yeah. that um, makes him go from being oh tucky yeah to, to a real like control. yes
0: so the only morsel that we've seen from him is um, the, the episode of Smackdown when Dolph showed the pictures of him and Mandy and he flipped the fuck out and destroyed the shit out of Miz and Morrison to the point where Tucky had to like drag him down and then he just broke down and started crying in his chest that was something now could they get back to that I, I, I think that's why I think the, the Dolph feud was so good for Otis as a character um, it may not be great for Tuck but it was really good for Otis,
1: because he was able to show something more. Like, no disrespect to Tucker Knight. This is not intended as a jab against Tuck, because I don't have anything against Tuck. Heavy Machinery is a tag team in the WWE, and if you're not the New Day or the Usos or one of a small handful of tag teams, you are forever destined to eventually split the fuck up. Because Vince sees money in one guy, not two. And if we're looking at heavy machinery, I know people might think Tuck looks better when you do the eye test. We've known it was Otis Otis has always had the it factor to anyone who would watch. I'm talking about like if you hadn't seen them enter the ring, you haven't seen them wrestle. You're just looking at them side by side. People might be more likely to think, "Oh, this the tall one's the one." that's like taken seriously, you don't see many big guys like Otis. Rikishi and and Yokozuna are like rare breed big dudes. Big Van Vader is a rare breed. When's the last time we had a Bam Bam Bigelow? Since Bam Bam Bigelow. (laughs) Rest Rest in peace to my homie Bam Bam. Yeah, you're right. But that's what I'm saying, you know, Um, those kinds of super heavyweights are very, very rare. We don't see them that often. Yeah. And normally when we do see them, the thing that gets them, like, bigger pushes is inevitably a heel turn. Look at Rikishi. um, Look look at Rikishi. Rikishi becomes more well-known during the Attitude Era as the fun dancing buddy with Too Cool. And then all of a sudden, I did it for the rock. I did it for the family. And oh, man, he was he, yeah. at
0: Armageddon. You, I'm about to say he got world title shots because of that. So <laughs>
1: No, but no, no, that's not what I yeah. mean. What I mean is he was a he, like yeah. dancing too cool, Rikishi is a comedy wrestler. He yeah. did it for the rock, he did it for the family, Rikishi is all of a sudden. Holy shit, have you ever noticed that Rikishi is twice as big as anybody he wrestles? And if he wasn't so happy-go-lucky, he could just kill someone? I think there's something to that character
0: trait, is that... I mean, Big Show made a living off of it.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. Like The point of the fun, jovial big guy is to like make it believable that this person loses, because they're not taking it seriously. Otis is kind of big in an era of small wrestlers, where, like, he could literally crush a lot of the other people in a straight size fight.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, think about, you know, the the modern main eventer of today is someone Adam Cole size. Yeah. Think about someone Adam Cole size next to Otis. Yeah. Yeah. And so if he wasn't Mr. Oh, Tucky. Oh, hi, Mandy. Yeah. If
0: he was like...
1: Yeah, if he wasn't a man-child, imagine how scary he would be. And so when the heel turn comes, when either Mandy turns him evil or he snaps on Tucker or Tucker snaps on him or whatever. Yeah. When the heel turn comes, that's when we'll be like, fuck, Otis is scary. Yeah. Mark Henry's another example. Sexual chocolate, comedy, hall of pain, pain. scare Hall of Hall of of Pain,
0: Hall of Fame. Um, You mentioned children. Speaking of children, we have a new child that's going to enter the WWE universe. And probably what's the biggest news of the week, and maybe quite frankly of the year, right behind. Put a bun in
1: the oven, y'all. What? So I saw put a bun in the oven. I saw a tweet that had the shield.
0: um, That had the shield together. And next to Ambrose or Moxley, it said, pulled out of WWE. Uh, Next to Roman, it said, pulled out of WrestleMania. And next to Seth, it said, didn't pull out. (laughs) Uh,
1: And your prize? A fuck trophy. Hey, well, so let me be serious. Congratulations on your baby. Like legitimately and and like 100%. Congratulations to y'all on your baby. I'm very happy that y'all are... Like, going on that step, props, like, and congratulations to Becky. Like, she had uh, one of the most, like, memorable runs of probably the last 20, 30 years, if Easily. you really think about it. Easily. Um, and so, like, props to both of them. I'm just always here for kid jokes because I am not here for being a parent. <laughs> <laughs> so let me, be, let me be serious for a second. Child's landstorm. Storm. Um,
0: what Becky did is one of the most inspiring things I've seen in wrestling in a long time and what I mean by that is this is a woman who fought tooth and nail along with all the other women to not only, first and foremost be treated as equals then once after being treated as equals to be shown to, be, to prove that they have the ability and the right to be on the, the same stage as the other best wrestlers in the company Becky got to that point. Becky got to the point where her star was so strong. She main evented WrestleMania. She was on the cover of WWE, of um, ESPN magazine, on the cover of video games. She became a real life star. Outside
1: of wrestling. She became face on the truck. Yes. Face on the billboard. The face of the company. Yes. Top billing on the program star. To
0: be that big, to have a over to have a over a year long championship reign and to say no nah, i'm gonna have a kid now
1: do you know the balls that takes not for real especially in our sexist ass society exactly. that penalizes, that penalizes women anyway because they have kids like that's part of the reason why our sexist ass society still pays women less exactly which is some bullshit. So, like, it, no, it takes a whole lot of bravery to do what you did. I'm just here for the jokes because I don't want to be a parent. So, like, I'm always no. here about laughing at people having kids. But, you like, talk about props j- to y'all.
0: You want to talk about jokes? If you saw Seth's face on Raw, maybe he feels the same way. The, the story was whatever Seth is going through, but just the blank look on his face? <laughs> My man didn't even have no abs on Monday like that's how into it he was. <laughs> it's and then Ray saw him backstage and was like congratulations on having a baby. I know what parenthood feels like. And he just looked at him and just walked off and Ray was like, "What a dick." <laughs> um but I do want to get to um you had a point you wanted to mention to uh about AW.
1: Hit me with hit me with that. So like For those of you that don't watch AEW, you may not know that AEW has recently brought back wrestling legend Jake the Snake Roberts, and they're using him as a manager for Lance Archer as a way to kind of get Archer over as just this silent monster.
0: Everybody
1: dies. Yeah. The murder hawk. Um, Here's my thing. Jake Roberts needs to get the fuck off my television because he's a gross, creepy old man, and I'm not here for it. And I know that that's probably the reaction they're going for because, like, the point of his storyline with Brandy is for him to be the creepy, gross old man and for you to want to cheer for Cody. But, like, I'm not getting uh, creepy, gross old man, like, storyline vibes. I'm getting creepy, gross old man I don't like Jake Roberts and never have. So please go away by. Like, I didn't fuck with Jake Roberts, the fake born-again Christian. I didn't fuck with Jake Roberts, the snake abuser. I don't fuck with Jake Roberts now. I fuck with Jake Roberts overcoming death. Yeah. I, fuck with, I fuck with DDP and, like, the way that DDP helped save his life. I fuck with that. But other than that, I don't fuck with Jake Roberts, and I don't want to see him. And I would be just fine with Lance Archer without him. I think I have a bigger issue. Uh,
0: look, I, I, you feel how you feel. I can't dispute that. I don't have as big of a deal with it because I'm still able to see it from a storyline point of view. But nothing you said is wrong at all. But I think my bigger issue with the situation is, and this uh, I, I, I sound like a broken record, but I take so much umbrage with Cody and the way he books the stories. There's so many bells and whistles and and, and and so many so much extra fluff added to such a transcendent performer. Cody is one of the transcendent performers of the generation.
1: And in a match that uh, this is again going to sound broken recordy because we both said this last week, this match shouldn't be for this new title. No, nope. because a match for this new title should only be about one thing. About building
0: people up. Yep, the championship. Absolutely, that
1: is all the match for your first mid card title should be about. That should and, be and, the only storyline that we need to focus on. And you had a ready made final with two perfect people in the semis waiting for you. You could have done Kip Sabian versus Darby Allen. Yeah. As your and, final. For this mid-card title, you could have put Sammy Guevara versus anyone in your final for this first mid-card title. And had the whole focus of the match be this mid-card belt that you're trying to establish and get off and get that TNT name out there so that you come across as a good branding partner who keeps reminding everyone that the TNT championship can only be seen on aew on tnt and blah 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 that's what i should be hearing and instead all i'm gonna hear is an overbooked storyline between cody and lance archer and and the heater is
0: especially if you did which was the perfect matchup darby allen versus kip sabian is mike tyson is presenting the title Imagine how much more salient and much, much,
1: in much bagu- bigger be in In bagu- Vegas. I don't know if they're
0: still going to be. Or they were going to
1: be. be they, no, but they were going to be in Vegas.
0: Yeah. But imagine how much bigger it would be with Tyson handing that title to Darby Allen. Imagine how made Darby would be, and he's next up. Right? Darby's le- There is a legitimate comparison between Darby Allen and 20-whatever year it was that he won all the titles. Jeff Hardy.
1: Oh, I think of him as um I think of him as more 2004-ish Jeff around the time that he's facing Undertaker in the TLC match like yeah. he ain't ready for oh. he ain't ready for the main event yet but he's like Okay. Fully the guy that is going to be next in line that we need to be grooming to be the next main event. Like yeah. that where yeah, I see him now. Like he's that in-between stage, of Jeff. Not quite. I'm fighting for the heavyweight title every month, or every month, but not quite. I'm. I got you.
0: Uh, I'm I got on you. the come up. Yeah, yeah. Not Armageddon, fighting Edge and Triple H, Jeff. I got you. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, it's, so that's my bigger issue with it because you you said it perfectly. Code. Well, you know what? Let's do it. We normally say this for the end of the show, but let's do this now. I'm gonna run through the card. Yep, I got it pulled up in front of me. Um, and mo- you got to understand, before I think last week, maybe two weeks ago, they only had two matches, two matches booked. So, yeah. and I'm gonna run through the card. We can give our predictions at the end of it, but just let me run through the whole entire card to make the point. Uh, I'll, I'll come back. I'll, I'll come get you. You need me? Rahnia, do you need me, baby? Okay, I'm. I'll come get you in just a minute. Uh, okay. On the pre-show, you got the number one contenders tag match between Best Friends and Private Party. Then you have Britt Baker versus the Alien Chris Statlander. Then you have MJF versus Jungle Boy. Then you have in a stadium stampede match, which I guess is going to be at the Jaguar Stadium, the Elite versus the Inner Circle.
1: The Elite and Matt Hardy
0: versus. Oh, well, I guess I guess he took Hangman's place
1: since Hangman decides he wants to quarantine. Um, no. According to this, according to the according to the Wikipedia for the card, it's Matt Hardy and the Elite, Adam Page, Kenny Omega, and the Bucks. Oh, so and Hangman gonna, gonna be there? Nice. Okay.
0: Versus the. Inner um, you have the Casino Ladder match uh, with, with which has Darby Allen, Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, and we don't know the rest yet because they haven't announced them on Twitter. Even though the show is two days from now,
1: okay. You have if, the If T- we had to guess, though, like like realistically, yep. just looking at the AEW roster, Kip Sabian will probably and be in there. and they need another babyface. So who would be
0: the other babyface?
1: The other baby face? Oh, shit. They wouldn't put Dustin in, would they? I mean, they might put him in. He won't have a shot to win, but they might put him in. Yeah. Um, think about that. Yeah, um, I'll think about it while you're... Yeah. Done. Um. And you have the
0: TNT title match between Archer and, Co- and Cody. Uh, You have the women's championship match. Thank God they didn't forget about this. Between Nyla and Hikaru Ushida. And then you got Moxley versus Brody Lee for the world title. Now, that's not a bad card by any stretch of the imagination, but it largely was built in the past two weeks. And again, look, David has done the same thing, and we criticized them, so either criticize both or accept both. I don't really care either way or the other, because the show will deliver. AEW always delivers in their shows. But I just, just understand just how much... Bigger and how much better I think the match would flow if Cody and Lance were on their own in some type of gimmick match or something where the the focus could be on the stars and the heaters if you want them to be Jake and Brandy, and then you give Darby and Kip that that rub I just and then you and then you give more stars a rub that you can put in the casino ladder match i it's just but I, you know we don't book so.
1: Yeah, I mean, no, I, I just, I'm just against the two of them. Be, I'm with you. I'm just against the two of them being the final. I get what they were going for, and I think the whole point is because, like, is Cody still in that whole can't challenge for the world title shit? Yep. So, yeah, this is just going to be their way of giving Cody a title that he can challenge for and a reason to be on TV every week. That's all it is. I'm
0: looking Cody is you you run the company.
1: <laughs> you
0: don't need a reason. You know what? I'll, you, man, if you were to put... I know that they have the Elite versus uh, the Inner Circle thing, but if you would have threw Scorpio and uh, and uh, what's my boy name? Um, Sammy Guevara in there. i would have been cool. That would have been be perfect. Joey Janela, right? You know, Where'd Joey been? Or b- better yet, how about we look at the actual rankings for once? But never mind. Let's change the subject because y'all never ready for that conversation.
1: Um,
0: hey, it's like who
1: lines Whose line it is it? We called it when we saw it. It's whose line is it anyway, where the names are made up and the points don't matter.
0: <laughs> Shout out to Aisha Taylor and Drew Carey. Um, so. Let's get let's get down to the getting down. The first thing I think that's important to talk about that I, that that is one of the main events. Of we're the gonna English. we're gonna do
1: this in order of heat. We're gonna do this in order of like least things that'll get us the least fired up to things that are gonna get us like hurting people fired up.
0: So yeah, that's that's about right. Um, I legitimately don't know your opinion on the situation, but. Um, as of Tuesday, I believe. As of, as Tuesday, of Tuesday or yesterday.
1: Night. As of Tuesday.
0: Sam, Sami Zayn was officially stripped of the Intercontinental Championship. Um, now, in real life, Sami Zayn has chosen not to show up to the shows. As contrary to, to what y'all's belief is, all the WWE wrestlers have been extended to. Um And uh, so it's quarantining and just kind of he's at home. And Sammy won the title at WrestleMania. And so, because he had the championship, he had to give it up because he's
1: not going to defend it anymore. There's no telling when he'll ever be back. Actually, he won the title at Elimination Chamber. He successfully defended the title at WrestleMania. You're right.
0: You're right. You are absolutely right. My bad. My bad, 100%. Um, you're absolutely right. I forgot about that. So Don't feel bad. I, I just read about it the other day. That's the only reason I remembered. My man, doing some research... There is quite a bit of 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 uh some kerfuffle. quite a bit of con- controversy about this. is a good word, yes. About this, uh, one of them being that Samuel stripped, even though he didn't have a chance to to defend it, and Samuel by in his it, to his uh, point is playing off of it beautifully on, on social. But a lot of people are citing the fact that Andrade uh, Andrade was suspended for thirty days because of a of a wellness uh, violation but get to keep, got to keep his title well the difference is while I wouldn't have had a problem with him dropping it to Humberto as he probably should have he was coming back we had a date where he was going to wrestle again we don't know when Sammy will be back because we don't know when the quarantine will be over um, but yeah people are pissed this is conspiracy theory number 75 for WWE this year so
1: what's your thoughts? I mean, I get it. Um, they need to have at least one of these mid-card titles on the shows. I'm trying to so he, So he, they're both of them. They need to get at least one of these mid-card titles <laughs> in the <midst> prominence <laughs> on the shows. <laughs> so, like, their option was... Either you know, strip Sammy of the title and go from there, or um, push the U.S. title. And if 20 something years of history have taught us anything, it's that the answer ain't never gonna be we gonna push the U.S. title. So, <laughs> right? If you're
0: naming Booker Eddie Guerrero, it's over, big dog.
1: Yeah. If you ain't John Cena's open challenge, the US title don't mean shit to you. Not a thing. <laughs> so um. um so like that was the obvious answer there. And here's the good thing. Sammy is a brilliant person and is playing off of this beautifully on Twitter, so now when he comes back, he can be the intercontinental champion that never lost. And there's nothing better than a heel with a legitimate reason to believe that he should be entitled to some shit that doesn't belong to him.
0: Well, so here's the interesting thing of the way WWE has played off of this. The same thing has happened to Jordan Devlin in the Cruiserweight title. The difference is WWE has run a tournament for the for the interim Cruiserweight Championship. They have announced it and, and acknowledged that Jordan Devlin is still the champ. It's just we have an interim champion. We'll have a unification when Jordan Devlin is able to come back to the States. They outright strip Sammy.
1: I think the difference is, and it doesn't make it right, but the difference is the borders were straight up closed. No, sure, with sure, Jordan sure. De- No, no, I'm just saying. It does, I'm just saying the difference is the borders are straight up closed with Jordan Devlin's country. They were not closed with Quebec. Quebec. Sammy lived in Tampa. Oh, see, I thought Sammy still lived in Quebec. He got a house in there, but I think he's his full-time house is down here, I think. I mean, even if he went back to Canada, though, the the border wasn't hardcore closed with Quebec. Oh, no. The border no. straight up like you can't fly you could not fly in to the UK from the US for a hot minute. Mhm.
0: Um. So I I find that difference in kayfabe at least interesting because Jordan yeah, Devlin yeah, is cut from all the highest Jeff sure.
1: kayfabe, but also still works for Sammy because Sammy is heel. Sammy Zane is Shay victim. Yeah, yeah, heel. Sammy Zane, Shay Guevara is the consummate victim, always um, being set up by the system and all of the ways that he's being wronged. And yeah. I love it. Oh yeah, I love, I love it for it. Okay. Um, what
0: what I love most about it is they're gonna. What WWE runs tournaments. Their tournaments turn out so well often when they do them. They they really turn out off. They, they turn out usually turn out pretty good, and so we'll have a little mini tournament for because the
1: SmackDown title. For the, the tournaments, uh, always the tournaments always work because the tournaments require short term booking. <laughs> short term <laughs> booking <laughs> has never been the issue with the company Uh, uh, consistent (laughs) short-term booking they got they can hold the storyline for two to three weeks it's these stories that go beyond three weeks where we start to see some contingencies and some consistency issues
0: so would you do it would you would you book the final to be jeff versus seamus um or would you book it to be two other guys
1: uh, I mean, Jeff versus Sheamus is as good as anybody. I realistically, I mean, if it were me and I got my druthers, I would have split Miz and Morrison up and I would put John Morrison in the mid card. But that's just because oh, it'll I both better as singles guys now. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Miz and Morrison and I like putting them back together for WrestleMania season was like super smart, obvious move, blah, blah, blah. But like. I sincerely do like both of them better as singles competitors. So, like, it, it'll it'll surely happen. I
0: think that's the reason why when uh, they ran WrestleMania the way they did, um, where they had just the singles and Morrison retained, but then they had the the rematch with the other half of the tag champs and Big E pinned Miz. Uh, I think that was the eventual start of a possible feud. Because Miz lost the titles, even though John Morrison retained them. Um, so once they inevitably get their one-on-one championship uh, rematch, uh, then this probably they'll, they'll probably go into the summer feuding.
1: I think the probable final, though, is um, Daniel Bryan or Drew Gulak versus Cesaro or Shinsuke. Sh- Shinsuke. It's Samen. going back to the well, though. Or saying going back to the well, though. But
0: Shinsuke and Jay Brown were the past champs. Well, I'm not, uh, uh, not acknowledging Brown. Not,
1: I'm, not, I'm not saying you're not correct that it's going back to the well. I'm just saying that, like, if I were a betting person on what would happen and what do I think they would do, that's something I think they would do. I mean, you're not off, you're not off and... Uh, Shinsuke, definitely some,
0: Shinsuke and Cesaro definitely need something more to do now that uh, the mouthpiece is gone. So, um, Okay, well, since we're speaking of SmackDown, when you think of SmackDown, you think of one person? That's Big Dog Roman Reigns. Um, we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week, but... So, you guys know of the controversy. Largely, we're past a lot of it, but still, it's still infuriating. Roman Reigns, uh, who has beaten who has beaten leukemia twice, has announced that he's having newborn twins. Right? I believe they're twins. Or he just had he just had twins. That's what it is. I'm sorry. Um and because of that, that was the reason why he pulled out of WrestleMania to protect them and the children in his household, uh, because of the coronavirus.
1: Not that he needs to give any other reason beyond I'm a cancer survivor. Well, you know what? Go one further. You don't have to give any reason. Nope, I'm pulling a out. a grown-ass man. Hey, yo. It's a health crisis and I'm not willing to die for this.
0: That's, that, that's, that's how but I see it.
1: That, and, 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 like This is where I come down hard on the ball is life culture. I'm like, listen, there's a difference between ball is life and ball is life.
0: <laughs> well, not to <laughs> those people.
1: Like, No, that's what I'm saying. That's why I come down hard on people like that. Like, listen, I respect that, like, ball is life to you means you need to be willing to ride or die for this. But, like, nah, man. Nah, ball is life means if I got free time, I'm a ball. If I if you ask me what I want to do this weekend, I'm going to say ball. That's ball is life. Ball is life don't mean I need to die.
0: You say that. And yet the biggest show on TV right now is the Jordan documentary where <laughs> ball really was life.
1: Yeah. Um, so we could sit here all day and talk about all the mistakes Mike made. All the things oh, he did right, but all well, the mistakes Mike made. Well, thank you for bringing that
0: up, sir, because, plug voice, if you pay attention to com, myself, Christopher Platt, and PC Tunney from Pod is War are having a special Pod is War Last Dance edition, recapping every episode of The Last Dance Mondays. Tuesdays. One day at the beginning of the week on chairshot.com where you, you... Know,
1: always use your head. And to, okay. and to bring Mike back to wrestling. To bring Mike back to wrestling. You remember in Ric Flair's 30 for 30 where he talked about how I was a terrible father. I was mm-hmm. a terrible husband. Mm-hmm. But I was the best damn professional wrestler the world's ever seen.
0: and the world.
1: And when I think Michael Jordan, I think you were a mediocre father. He yeah, he wasn't was terrible. Ter- he was a mediocre father. Mm-hmm. You were a terrible husband because you were she, abusive as fuck. So like, she got the money to prove it. Terrible husband. She got, to, she got the chance to prove it. But you were the best damn basketball player in the world. In the world. Like, And, and you know, I will also say this, and I'll say this as someone who doesn't even stand for him like that. I don't stand for him like that. But if you're one of those people who doesn't say that the conversation is worth having about LeBron, then you don't understand basketball the way you think you do. Because it's look, at least a talk worth having.
0: Look, man, we, we you're gonna change the whole the whole conversation because we could stop this <laughs> wrestling stuff and talk Jordan <laughs> and LeBron for the next hour.
1: I mean, we could. I'm not saying we need to. I'm just saying if you're one of those people that doesn't at least think it's worth having the discussion, then like. You're you're fooling yourself because it's at least a talk worth having.
0: But look, y'all, at him, at Doctor S'mores. (sighs) Let's have this conversation. Let's see it happen. I want to see it. Um, to the Roman thing, and we don't even have to talk about this very long because, like I said, so much of so much of the chatter has been bullshit, and the facts are the facts. But Roman pulled out. Um, no, Seth Rollins, of course, but um, on. Um, but, uh, so the, the issue is that all of these quote unquote journalists, none of these quote unquote news havens are trying to report that somehow Vince is trying to erase Roman Reigns from WWE history because he wasn't on a promo video for Make-A-Wish and they took out him getting stomped in the of money in the bank video and so but some, but literally as you're speaking roman is being uh promoted on twitter all constantly the entire time not to mention that they had they had uh the best of roman reigns wrestlemania matches on their first one in fact one particular episode one particular day ryan alvarez was a piece of shit was on his, one of his uh, Observer shows with him and the other dude, Vinny, who I don't know that guy, and was, was lamenting about how disgusting WWE is for erasing this man, all he's went through and all this, even though him and Dave, of course, were the ones pushing the fact that he was pushed down our throats. Nonetheless, about all this, that, and and all that, and literally as they come back from commercial, they see the commercial that Roman Reigns best of best of WrestleMania moments is on FS1. And his response literally on the air, learning this on air is Well, there you go.
1: Here's but you know why I'm confused though? You know why I'm really confused, like legitimately just so confused. Rance, Aren't these the same motherfuckers that don't like Roman in the first place? Well, look, aren't these the same? Wait, Rance, aren't these the same motherfuckers that boo Roman and talk about how Roman is shoved down their throats oh, and how Vince, they don't yes. want Roman and how like they're tired of him? Like, aren't these <clears throat> same motherfuckers are the ones that are talking about how oh Vince is trying to erase him and how dare Vince and boo? <laughs> so, so which is it? So which is it? Are, like, do you stand, or are you tired of this man? Which is it?
0: You know what I think. The entire point of a lot of wrestling fans fandom is
1: contrarianism.
0: Well, that that may be so, but it's even it can be it can be put into two words. They are looking for gotcha, Vince. That's all they're looking for. Because they abhor what they think Vince McMahon has done to wrestling. They abhor what they think Vince McMahon believes about wrestling, or I'm sorry, what they say, sports entertainment. And they are waited, looking for the day where he, they actually long for the day where it's he dies. For hard
1: truth. It's time for hard truth. It's time for hard truth. Alright, I'm going to use a different example of the same kind of hard truth. Walt Disney is a shitty person. Walt Disney was not a good human being. Wasn't. He's anti-Semitic. Kind of. Not even kind of racist. A lot of racist. He's homophobic. Walt Disney was a shitty dude. All this money that we give to the Disney company is legitimately supporting the descendants of an awful fucking person. But here's the thing, yo. There's no way to bring down the Disney empire. It's too big. It's too big. It is the second largest media conglomerate in the world. Disney controls one out of every like three media companies in the United States. One out of That's every crazy. three pieces of entertainment in the U.S. can trace itself back to Disney. Um, so there's no taking it down. Within the wrestling landscape, ain't nothing taking this company down yo short of a stock market collapse because they're publicly traded billion dollar company short of a stock market collapse and an investor implosion nothing is taking this company down
0: Well, i mean one so so vince beat a steroid trial vince beat one of uh, one of his he top beat a wrestlers second
1: steroid uh, scandal yeah. based on a double murder suicide. From yeah, One yeah. of his one of his talents that happened a year tops. after yeah. one of his other talents just literally dropped dead. Yep. In his hotel room. Yep. Yep. He's like every He beat the ever- he beat the, uh, he beat the uh, parents television council.
0: He beat having to change the name of his company. Yep. Uh, he beat being down 82 weeks
1: 83 weeks to another
0: company for once
1: um, he beat Ted Turner at the height of Turner's wealth he beat his his three top stars walking out
0: at the same time
1: he literally bought every company that ever dared to compete with him or he made them so insignificant that they weren't worth buying yeah. And that their video library is more valuable to the company than they are.
0: That's 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 the facts.
1: And and if you me, if you think i bullshit, Vince McMahon would cut a check right now to Anthem for the TNA tape library. Yeah,
0: he would just
1: he, he would let them keep the company and he would let them keep the last five years of the tapes. But for the early history of the company's tape library. Just so he yep. could have access to the early careers of AJ, Robert, Singh, Rude,
0: Joe, Singh, Angle, yeah. Christian,
1: just so he could have that. Yep, he would buy the tape library and yep. leave the company.
0: Oh shit, Jared back, Jared. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's ridiculous, y'all. It's it's actually it. Can I only it, say that to say, yeah, Vince is a shitty dude. Rance is right. It's fucking yeah. Vince is not always a good person, but like you're not going to take Vince down. So like, chill with your bullshit.
0: The the sad thing though is this looks so poor on us as a wrestling fan base to believe something so clearly ridiculous and bullshit. And it's and so look, I've I've had my special with the wrestling media, but. And I mean I guess some somebody could even consider us wrestling media. That's what you believe. That's cool cuz I mean I've had I've had media passes to wrestling shows. So you're right. Maybe I am a part of the wrestling media. But I don't pretend to be a journalist and more importantly I know the reach my voice has. It may not be much, but I understand that anything I say, if I say it under the purview of the chairshot.com, or when I wrote for Lords of Pain, or whatever whatever company I I write for or I I podcast for, I understand that my voice holds some weight. But all of these wrestling news media journalists, Bixen Pan, and Alvarez, Keller, and Uncle Big Daddy Dick, well, Small Daddy Dick, Dave Meltzer himself, they perpetuate so much bullshit. And then are flabbergasted when people believe them. Yeah, but well, you I was know. just speculating. No, you weren't. You made a whole whole page in your observer about it. That's not speculation.
1: The wrestling fan base never never gonna amaze me though, because the wrestling fan base are the same stupid motherfuckers. Steve Austin put a thing on Instagram shouting out someone who made him a mask. Yeah. And then somebody yeah. gonna shit up. Be a rebel. Don't wear, don't give in to conformity. Be a rebel. Expose yourself to deadly diseases for no reason. (laughs) Commit, commit suicide for the rest of us. Like, uh, fuck you. Like, come on, man. And so, like, wrestling fans are ignorant, and and I know I'm a wrestling fan, and I hate to say that, but like, you know, there's a stereotype about wrestling fans being ignorant because we do some ignorant fucking shit, y'all. Think with your fucking brain.
0: As people we are individual.
1: We are smart.
0: As groups group people in groups and especially wrestling fans and even further especially internet wrestling fans. Smarts are dumb as fuck. Embarrassingly if Don't so.
1: believe us if you don't believe us. Why do you think you keep getting worked on social media? They no. are playing you like a fiddle on the Twitters, and y'all just don't even realize it.
0: Shout out to my brother, Brian Kinsella Clive from uh, Wrestling Headlines now. They changed the name back to the original name of Lords of Pain. Used All to be called right. Lords of Pain, but it's Headlines again now.com. Okay, fine, he whatever. A, he wrote a column today uh, about the uh, WWE um, releases. And in it, he says one salient point. He says, You guys will believe anything. I mean, you know, because, you know, the IWC's uh, IWC's belief on stuff isn't you don't have a very good track record. Does the Saudi Arabia hostage situation remind you of anything? I, you know, he listed a list of them that was in the row. By the way, speaking of this, let's 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 talk about this. Y'all truly believe that WWE paid uh, Trump or Florida 18 million dollars. That's not true. A super PAC that Linda is the is the coach is the chair. i even chair co-chair of, donated eighteen million dollars. Now was some of that from a purse? I don't doubt it was. But to 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 mangle that and to purposefully change that to WWE paid for Florida eighteen million dollars so they could go and get the wrestling back.
1: Yo. you embarrassing Yo. yourself. You're embarrassing yourself big time because if you understand economics at all, at all, Florida doesn't have income taxes. Florida Uh-oh. State doesn't have income taxes. Uh-oh. So, Florida makes all of its tax revenue from things like sales taxes and event taxes Mm-mm. and license fees. Mm-mm. and And do you know do you know what Three or four companies contribute the most to those kinds of fees in the state of Florida. Disney. Disney. Universal. Yeah. And the World Wrestling Entertainment. Oh. They run a performance center there. They tape televised shows on the regular. Weekly. From a facility weekly within the state. They held WrestleMania there this year, and it was the second time in it, it was gonna be in Tampa, it was gonna be in Tampa before they had to put it in the performance center, but that was the second time in the last five years that it's been in Florida.
0: That's that's three years, but yeah.
1: They go to Florida all the fucking time. For shit. So they ain't gotta bribe the governor of Florida to get favors. All Vince got to do is say, remember all those events that I housed there and just remember how easily I could call Nevada where they also don't have a state income tax. And just move all this shit to Reno.
0: It's stupid, man. It's dumb as fuck.
1: Because if Vince wanted, he he could pull shop and he could move all that shit to Reno or Vegas in a heartbeat.
0: Speaking of stupid... A C H.
1: Ooh, ooh, ooh! Hit him with that. Hit him with that bullshit coming out your mouth, and then you felt bad about it later. Ooh. So,
0: if <laughs> ooh, that diarrhea
1: mouth came back to haunt you.
0: So, if you guys don't remember the story of the man formerly known as Jordan Miles. Ooh, um, A C H. Uh, was wrestling in WWE as Jordan Miles, and he was t- decently successful. He won that uh new person, new initiative battle uh, mm-hmm. tournament or whatever. Got the title shot against Adam Cole. Well, as NXT became a brand, and
1: a people started brand, getting more merchandise.
0: Every every wrestler that was on there that was contracted to them got some form of merchandise. Brother Miles' merchandise was supposed to be a parody of his smile, which is a big part of his character.
1: However the, smile,
0: however the smile was along a, was on a black shirt with big red lips and white teeth, which looked very St- much like stereotype sample sample character from the thirties and forties. Which is, if if yeah, if you're if you're a black man, You understand.
1: It's one of the first racist tropes that you're exposed to and recognize for what it is. Yes. And to say he
0: went apeshit is and is just is selling it short. He attacked everybody on Twitter, attacked WWE, called for his uh, release called WWE Racist.
1: All under the name of For the Culture. That was his stance the entire time. For the Culture. Yeah.
0: Um, attacked everybody. Um and then, you know, and they even they asked him, Well, had you talked to Triple H about it? He hadn't even talked to Triple H about it, like just all this. And then at that turn to him calling Jay Lethal or Uncle Tom and just it's so much. And people were were like publicly calling to him to say, Look, man, just get off of Twitter. Call me. Titus O'Neill, Mark Henry, a lot of prominent black athletes were trying to get him to calm down. Eventually he got... Because they all
1: knew because they all knew, y'all, what we said on the show at the time, which is, when you're a person of color, the fuck up rope is very short. You don't get a whole lot of leash to fuck up as a person of color in any kind of major position. And... (laughs) publicly airing your dirty laundry in the way that he was doing it is setting the whole bridge on fire. That's burning the water that the bridge was under. Like, and and they were trying to like, they're trying to reach out to say, call me because they're just like, dude, you're going to get yourself to a point where you can't get jobs in this business no more. And if you need to just rant about how they're doing you wrong, like, just call me. I can be a sympathetic ear, and I can calm you the fuck down.
0: Well, on top of that, you're looking like you start. He he started looking less like someone who was sympathetic and was wronged, and more like a a a dick and an asshole. Because it it the the course of the rhetoric changed from I was wronged, I'm hurt, I'm pissed. We need to rise up. To well, you did this to me, so screw you and screw the company. And well, this one guy. Did this and told when Triple H was cool with it, but I never talked to Triple H. But, and the story just started changing. Anyway, this was about six months ago. Well, he's back in the he's back in the news now. He had an uh, interview a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to read some excerpts from it. Um, I was having the time of my life there, dude. I really was. I enjoyed my time there, I really did. But when they released that shirt, it's when I got angry, and then I made a lot of comments that I'm not going to take back because that's just how I feel. Now, could, I have, had, now, could I, I have said them a lot better? Absolutely, absolutely. I said a lot of things out of anger. If I could have said those things a little bit more intelligently and calmly and came from a real place and not an angry place, I think it would have been okay. But the fact that I was just so angry and mad and disrespected, and I just felt like a joke. I don't hold on. I don't hold too many grudges, but that shit really pissed me off, man. It made me mad, man. Um, He goes on further to say being attacked by people you don't know coming from all angles, cities, states, countries telling you you're wrong. It's like, fuck, dude, it broke me. It really rocked me to my core, and I wish I could have did things differently. I wish I would have just turned my phone off and let things die down. I honestly wish I could have did things differently and then, like, I had people trying to tell me to use, like, mental issues. Not as an excuse, but, you know, say that's the thing. You have anxiety or you're depression. You're depressed is why you're outlashing, you know, to help smooth things over. And I'm like, man, I'm not one of those people. I don't come up with excuses for myself. I was angry. I had a meltdown in front of the entire world. That's really what happened. I had a meltdown. I broke down in front of the entire world. If you've read the entire article and the entire interview, to give the man credit where credit is due, it really seems like he realizes what he did. He realizes the weight of his decision and he realizes that he has to live with that and truly seems sorrowful. Um, Guess I run it to say for somebody who initially was wronged in the first place, but he truly seems sorrowful. But the reason why this is a come on bro situation is.
1: That's a stereotype. Boy, you let yourself become a stereotype. Well, You yes. let yourself become a stereotype of the angry black man. And were you justified to be angry? Absolutely. You were justified to be pissed. You had every right to be angry about the shirt. You had every right to be offended by the shirt. You had every right to call out the asshole who made the shirt everything about the way that you handled it was so fucking toxic and you let yourself become a caricature. And it sucks that like you've got the perfect 2020 hindsight now that you've calmed down and you've had time to reflect and you've had time to realize what we all realize when we've done something stupid and it didn't work out for us which was... Probably shouldn't have done that. Exactly. And it's like, bruh, I feel for you because I have done things where I've had to think probably shouldn't have done that. But like, them's the breaks, man. You called Jay Lethal Uncle Tom. Like, I'm going to have a hard time forgiving that.
0: So, yeah, man. And he's never going to live any of what he said down. The thing that I found most interesting that's probably most offensive to me personally is I have no problem with him realizing he was wrong. I have no problem with him saying that he was wrong. But the tone of the conversation and the reason well, I don't want to put words in his mouth but what it seems like the reason for the interview in the first place was point blank. Nobody wants to hire him anymore. So it it comes off to me as... You sorry now, because you know you fucked up and nobody else is calling. And that's terribly, that's terribly sad, because he is truly, truly a talented wrestler who would be an asset anywhere.
1: Here's my thing, bro. Why would anybody be calling? Your last tweet before you, like, had your time to reflect, your last tweet was that you're fucking done with wrestling, and you're canceling all your bookings, and blah 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 well, out of people the tweets
0: took please changed from day to day and week to week
1: yeah so like you was all about how you was done with it so why would anybody be calling you i mean look you're absolutely right you know and then
0: uh, this and this was my contention the entire time i rode with him look man that was that was that was dirty that should have never gotten it should have never been pitched let alone got past the pitch no. but here's the thing man and this isn't Negating blackness, or this isn't um, acquiescing, or 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 playing the corporate game. This is just smart, good business. Handle your business with the people you need to handle it with. He never once talked to Hunter about it. He never talked to anybody else other than the person who made the shirt and the sh- and the and the people who printed the shirt. If it- Triple H even said, in his, according to his conversations, Triple H said, man, look, if I'd have known, we wouldn't have done that. So, like, not only do you look like a hothead, but you look, quite frankly, unprofessional. Because you were wronged, it doesn't give you the right to flip out on everybody. It doesn't. In any corporate or business setting, whether you black, whether you white... Whether you're gay, whether you're alien, it doesn't make it doesn't make it right. Now, the one thing I would have respected was if he had if he had went through first of all if you were done, be done. I, that's cool with me, right? That's cool with me if you done, be done. Call it call it a wrap. Put your to, put your notice in and be done with it. That's one situation. But if you really really love that place and that was your dream and that was the one thing they did to you that was wrong. The one thing that they did to you, don't tell me all this other stuff that happened in the past that you heard about. Don't tell me all these other booking decisions that had nothing to do with real life. They were just booking on a TV show. The one wrong that happened to you, you didn't go through the proper channels. You didn't didn't take every single avenue you could to get it rectified. The second you mentioned one issue, the shirt was changed. But you while out like this, I would never trust you to do business. You're unprofessional. So that's your problem. Don't blame anybody else. The WWE has to eat what they did. They know what they did wrong. I bet money that kid got fired. I bet money that kid got fired. They're going to eat that. They're going to live with that. They know what they did. And they fixed it. I bet you they fixed it. If they didn't, then fuck them for not fixing it. But this is about you, young man. This is about you. And now you want to look in the mirror six months later when everybody who cared about you and loved you and people who didn't even even know you was begging you to shut up and think about it. And you doubled down. Then you tripled down. Then you quadrupled down. Then you were so low down in the earth that you went on the other side and like they used to say when they were ignorant, you popped up in China. You just kept going. You dig the hole so deep you went to the next earth.
1: People kept saying, man, I fuck with your argument, but like, chill, chill, chill. Man, fuck you. You don't know nothing. I just said that I'm on your side. I just yep. need you to chill the fuck down.
0: Breathe for a second, dog. Right. Well, well, so we're going to end on this one. But to, right. keep it, to keep it with black situations, I don't like talking race at all, especially not in public. Shout out to my boy James James for Social Suplex. He has a saying that's so real. He said, don't let the white folks see us having these conversations. I believe it. These are in-house conversations oftentimes we need to have with each other. This one is important because this one is in the news. You may or may not know about this, but I used to be a subscriber to, to Sirius XM to listen to Busted Open Radio. Busted Open is the preeminent radio show strictly because they, it's a guy. It's it's on a, a major radio channel with multiple wrestling hosts. Right? There was a while back where Leo Rush was initially in trouble before he got fired. This is we're going back over a year. Remember he got to all that trouble when he was still on the main roster, which is why he was gone for so long before he came back to NXT. One of the things that Bobby Lashley said. I mean, by Bobby Lashley. I'm sorry. Leo Rush said when he was talking about the heat he had, um, was he said, "We have fans that travel all over the globe and watch us get off buses and into hotels. The look of a black kid carrying waters and bags for other wrestlers is just not a good look, especially when I'm trying to portray myself as a superstar as well." Two of the contentions that Leo Rush had that I guess caused him heat backstage were one, it's a time honored tradition. That the rookies or the newer people pick up the bags, carry the bags, clean up the locker room. The second the guys tell you to stop, that's the second you're accepted as one of the regulars. Everybody's done it. Now, we can have another conversation some other time as to if that entire trope is antiquated or not. That's a fair conversation. But we're talking in the present tense. That's the first one. The second one is... When he got called up, you know, when NXT stars get called up, they have to renegotiate a new main roster deal. That's a big part of the reason why NXT guys or rookies back before NXT uh, was around, that's why their first year or so, their hotels paid for, their cars paid for, their travels paid for, to give them a chance to acclimate on the road. Leo Rush was offered a contract. I don't remember the dollar amount and if, if they even said the dollar amount. He turned it down because he said he was worth more. Now, I'll never begrudge a person for trying to negotiate their price. But to, uh, to some of the roster, it looked a little disrespectful because what have you done or proven to make that money? Those were two of the contentions. The reason Mark Henry and Busted Open is even involved in any of this, because Mark Henry is hired, is employed by the WWE for one reason. I I even think his actual corporate title is mentor. He's strictly there to be a mentor for some of the younger talent. And he's he's taken it upon himself to try to help a lot of the younger black talent, not just in WWE, but in all of the companies. And some people listening is going to feel different about this. We'll get to that. But his point of contention was this, and he says it's on the air. I walked up to Leo Rush backstage at one of the shows, and I told him, man, I've been hearing a lot of rumors about heat with you, man. What's going on? Talk to me. Maybe I can help. Leo Rush told him to his face, no, man, everything cool. And then for it to come out in public, Mark felt disrespected. Because Mark felt like you have the audacity to get out in public and talk about all these issues that needed to stay behind the scenes and handled, again, like ACH in private, but you want to make them public and talk about them on the podcast or the interview, or it may, in fact, it may have been with Sean Ross Sapp. Whatever the medium was, I believe the interview was, you got the audacity to talk about it. But when I asked you about it to actually fix the situation – you had the nerve to tell me nothing was wrong. That don't sit well with me. I'm right here. You have my number. I'm speaking for Mark. You are the easiest. I'm the easiest person to find in this business. Call me. We can fix the problem. But for you to come out in public is completely disrespectful to me or anybody that wanted to help you. And then he went to criticize the situation. talking about I packed bags, Dwayne packed bags. Steve packed bags. Everybody who's come to that business had had to do that. This is what you do in the business. Then talking about the money, mind you, Leo Rush is married and has been, I think since he's been in the business and has a kid, or multiple kids now, maybe. Um Leo mentioned the uh, talk, when he was talking about his uh trying to get the um trying to get the new deal. Did he get the new deal? You're still with the old one. Talking about, in fact, I think I have that quote here. Uh, Shit, I want to find that quote if I have it. Um, But Leo was was talking, basically he was saying that, uh, um, you know, that uh, I got kids, I got a family, I can't just, I have to, I basically try to make it sound like I have to make a certain amount because that's what's best for my family. And Mark said – now, this can be misconstrued as a bit disrespectful. I can respect that. Mark said, if you got your check and by the end of it, you won't have nothing left over, you're not spending your money right. Now, I, that's – I got nothing to do with that. That's one that can be left to somebody else's okay, device.
1: Okay, boomer. That, that's, look. that one's an okay boomer. because, And, and the reason I'm going to say that and the reason I'm going to say that. I agree with that. I agree. People who were born before a, certain, before a certain year don't understand things like student loans. And they, they might think that they do, but they don't. Because like if you went to college in 1990 and tuition was like five grand, six grand, you graduated after four years with maybe 20 grand worth of debt, cool, cool. You know what one semester of tuition at a regular major university is right around now? 20 grand. About 20 grand per semester. Most people, people graduating with six figures or more
0: you of know. that
1: debt. And so, like, you can say, you know, if you get your check and you ain't got no money left over, you ain't spending your money right, if a third of my money goes to my rent and then another... Third of what's left over goes to my student loan. And then I got all my utilities. And then if I had kids, I got kids I got to feed and clothe and all of that other shit. I got to, you know what I'm saying? Like I got all these other things going on. It's not a simple question of, oh, you ain't spending your money right. Now, a lot of oh. these other criticisms, I can understand. I think a better criticism than that would have been. You didn't seem to have no trouble feeding your family on your NXT deal. So, like, that's a better that. avenue, I think, for that. Yeah, let me
0: speak to that. Because I think Mark was wrong for saying that I don't speak about anybody's money. It's not right to speak about anybody's money. The, the point I think Mark was trying to make, which he didn't, not, I'm not caping for him, I'm not sticking up for him. He made a terrible statement. That was none of his business. It was horribly said. The point I think Mark was trying to make, though, that I would assume he's trying to make is Leo Rush never went to college. Leo Rush has been a professional wrestler since he was 16 years old. This is all he's ever done. So I don't know what that he has. He could have a shitload of debt. He ain't from college. Um but he he Leo was being critical of that transition period and turning down deals that were worth six figures. So you're complaining about not having no money, but you won't take the deals that are offered to you that are, quite frankly, to the rest of the guys in your position,
1: fair. I think my bigger counterpoint against Mark's arguments has nothing to do with the money argument. I have one counterpoint to this Bags veterans argument, and I think might speak more to the issue for Leo. Okay. Leo's a little guy. Sure. Think to yourself, Rance, if you saw someone Leo's height, weight, and build, didn't know who he was, you were at the WWE show, and you saw someone that looked like Leo carrying a bag, would you assume that Leo was a wrestler? Or would you assume that Leo is probably on a production crew, or... He worked worked there. He worked there. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely would say, Oh, he worked there. But someone that is Leo's height, weight, and build, if I didn't know it was Leo Rush the wrestler, and I saw someone looking like him carrying bags and water and shit, I'm thinking, intern, I'm thinking why does that matter? it doesn't matter in the mega sense it matters to Leo from the standpoint that he was arguing, he's trying to establish himself as a certain caliber of name. And so for him, he, I think he's perceiving what I'm perceiving. I don't look like someone who you would think of as a wrestler. And so if I'm here as a bag jockey, well, Instead it was of thinking I'm a performer. People yeah. are gonna think I'm just the hired help because we're a racist ass society.
0: Well, it was more racist undertones, is what he was leading to. And yeah, I get that. But I think the whole point of the bag thing is for that very purpose. When, it's no different than a fraternity.
1: Oh, yeah, but, I know. I mean, I will go ahead and say on record I'll, before you make your point, because your point will probably be very good. I'm anti hazing. And to me, this is a form of hazing. So, like to me, this is okay. like shitty. This is shitty, like stupid, toxic bullshit that we shouldn't need in a professional setting. So, like I'm okay. anti-hazing, but that's my,
0: which stance. is fair. I'm and I was in a fraternity, so I'm I'm completely pro-hazing. Now, there's a difference between hazing and what the perception of hazing is, and bringing someone into a ready-made group. There's a big difference, I think. And what I mean by that is, I shouldn't have to beat your ass to get you to be down with me. That's gang. I could go and get jumped for 52 seconds right now and be a five-new crip. I shouldn't have said that on the air. I'll cut that out.
1: I was going to say, you better cut the name of the gang out. Like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
0: Like, that's gang activity. You shouldn't have to do that. But I think it's something to be said to not necessarily prove that you're worthy of being with me, but to help you understand you can't what you did before whatever leo rush did before wwe at mcw at czw whatever he did it's cool none of that matters here none of that matters here because you're going to have to start all over from scratch and build your way up here from what you did here what you did got you here absolutely but you can't come walk in this place and eat off of what you did. I can name four or five people in the past 20 years that have had the absolute luxury to do that. And only one of them was full time. His name is AJ Styles. Other than that, you everybody's come to the Performance Center. Since K. Nakamura came to the Performance Center, everybody starts over.
1: So I think and I'm going to say this and I'm going to say this off rip with AJ. You mentioned AJ. I'm going to say this off rip. If A.J. Styles hadn't gotten the pop that he got been in the former center? Exactly. Like that was a big gamble they were taking when the roof came off that building. Yeah. they so, realized all right. all right, it's cool. It's we cool. He can stay, He can stay. But um, like, at the time, I guarantee, if he had gotten a eh, reaction, oh, they have a question. They'd yeah. given him one program. And if it didn't go the way they wanted, he'd have been NXT bound.
0: There were questions, absolutely. So, with like Leo or any of the other guys, the point in, I think, the way I perceive it, in bringing them in once they're new, especially coming from a developmental institution, is to keep them humble enough to where if they don't come in, you can come in from developmental and be the top guy, superstar, champion all this time and walk into developmental, walk into WWE, and you ain't even on the card. How are you gonna handle that? You are the opening act getting jobbed out in five minutes. How are you gonna handle that? The backstage, um, backstage morale and, and, the, and the backstage um, camaraderie is more important than what happens on screen. So I think that has been the time honored tradition in any sport, especially wrestling of how you keep new people humble and allow them to ingratiate their way into the business. Now I am all for, and we can even have this conversation next week if you want to, I'm all for talking about one, is that antiquated and two, is it necessary or even right anymore? That's a real conversation I'm willing to have. I can admit it may not be right anymore, but facts are what it was. And, I'm going to even read you Mark's actual quote. Mark's actual quote was, the reason that I'm angry is because I pulled him aside and told him, hey, man, I'm hearing stuff in the locker room. What's up? Leo says, oh, no, there's nothing wrong. That's a blatant lie to my face. I was trying to help him. I was trying to let him know that if you have a question to ask, now is the time because you're very not likely going to run into anyone that knows the system like I know the system. And he didn't do that. He lied to my face. Going to the rest of the stuff um, concerning the money. If you're walking around, and again, now me and you agree this is out of line. If you're walking around and cannot pay for a rental car, and you can't pay for a hotel with the money that you make every week, then you need to change the way you're spending. You can't blame the office. If you spend everything you made before you got it, that's your problem. I'm with you on that. That's out of line. That's out of line.
1: Yeah, that's some that's some fuck shit. You can't go. You can't be going in nobody else's checkbook like no matter how much you think they're spending irresponsibly. I got plenty of friends I think are spending irresponsibly. That ain't my fucking place. That's and even fucking... more, even deeper than that, even if you're right, that's not your place to say. No, that's not my fucking place. That's their fucking yeah. money. Yeah. do you like how you spend your money is your fucking business. Um, oh. As far as like, you know. To me, I find it antiquated because to me the business is more professional than it's ever been. Like, okay. You know, we're we're far enough removed from the carny stage of wrestling that like and I could be totally wrong, you know. It could be more important now than ever, but like my thought is, you know, these are people who have like wanted to be professional wrestlers for like a long fucking time and like wanted it, sure. For the most part, they wanted this. And so like I think a lot of them get and have been in enough companies up to that point. And even if you, if you haven't been in enough companies, you're a performance center kid, so you've been in the environment by that time long enough that you should probably already know how hierarchies work and how all of that shit go.
0: Sure, but you're, you're also talking about a generation in which it's easier than ever to be famous. It's easier than ever to get popular. George Janella got popular uh, because he took a popular, bump off the top.
1: Popular and famous, I think, are two different things. You're right. You're right. Decision. You're right.
0: Joy Janella, easier than
1: ever to be popular. You're right.
0: George Janella got popular off the fact that he took this stupid bump from John Zandick off the top of a building onto the back of a truck.
1: And in the last and five years, has pretty much crippled himself.
0: You know what I'm saying? And Superhuman, Superhuman taking bookings. Superhuman was booked at the uh, in the clusterfuck. At um, what's at the um, spring break? And the guys that wrestle in Walmart. Like th- this is the world we live in. So, and to your point about NXT, think about high. You're you're a, you're a school teacher. Think about high school. Eighth graders are the top of the food chain in middle school. Then they get to high school, and then they get to ninth grade, and then they are sh- they are shell shocked because they weren't prepared for the fact that they got to start over as the bottom of the totem pole.
1: Am I wrong? I mean, eighth graders to ninth graders have a lot of fucking problems. I generally don't <laughs> like ninth graders.
0: <laughs> there's too many problems besides just that, yeah. Um, no, man, the, the Leo Rushmore-Kemri story is, is so deep, and it's gonna, it's, there's, there's, a, there's a deeper um, point at play that I'd like to talk about some other time. We can even talk about it in, in private. But it came back up because Leo basically added Mark like hey remember that time you said this shit and and all everybody's on Mark's ass and yeah that's the conversation I'd like to have someday we don't have the time for it today because we got to get out of here man but uh all I can say is come on bro what are we oh, doing
1: I know I know the, the moral of the story y'all is do better everybody needs to do better I'm gonna need all of y'all to do better please uh, and thank
0: you and thank you and please shout-out to Chris Black. So,
1: but, you know, in the meantime, you can find the show on, twi- uh, on Twitter, at Outsider's Edge CS. If you, you own
0: Outsider's the- Edge, holla at me. I'll give you a shirt, I'll give you um, a Gatorade, and I'll give you the earbuds that uh, my
1: boy Kyle got in his ears. Facts. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Dr. S'mores. Uh, and you can find Brother Rance on Twitter, at
0: it's Ray Cash, R-E-Y as the Mysterio, as in
1: them dollars. Of course, look us up. We're part of the shot Radio Network at the ChairShotcom.
0: Well you always okay. use your head, yeah.
1: yeah. Well no, I was yeah. gonna say ChairShot is part of e wrestling news.
0: Yes. But you still got to use your head.
1: Well yeah. Um But no, y'all, just remember, we here at The Outsider's Edge are just some increasingly older gentlemen doing the best that we can to make it out here in this world. And sometimes we're going to say some things that are going to upset you, like calling out Jake Roberts for being creepy. And sometimes we're going to have to have some real talk about some hard conversations like ACH and Leo Rush. But no matter what, y'all, we're just out here following our dreams. And, like, you got to respect that. Please? Because if you don't, well, we just still don't give a fuck. Fuck. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. like that falsetto though? I did. I did. I like that.